What else is good I is... I used to wrestle. That's yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> it, the thing is, is just to sense the good worship in this place and the presence of the Lord is just outstanding. Thank you, Sue, and the choir. It was great. Man, I'm just blessed. I could just, uh, that Waymaker song, I could stand here and sing that all the afternoon and, and just do carry out or something, you know. Amen. All right. Well, I don't want to spend a lot of time with the preliminaries. Again, it's just good to see you. I do have a quick announcement for you that I was asked and I'm honored to say is uh, I'm here to announce Sarah and Solor are going to be having... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you never know, I guess, but anyhow. I tried to get her to come this morning since I was here and see the baby and all that, but they t a doctor told her to stay home and do another week. But everybody's doing great on that end, and baby's beautiful. They say he looks like me, so that's really good. Uh, when I approach this time of year, <clears throat> I am always made aware by the Holy Spirit about the dozens, in fact, the many dozens of people who serve even in this congregation uh, week after week, month after month, faithfully and normally actually without any recognition whatsoever. Uh, they are serving. They know they are called to serve. And no matter really what your particular uh, bent of ministry is and giftings are, I hope you realize and understand there is a call to serve on every believer in the body of Christ. Nobody's exempt. Listen, uh, no matter what it is, it, being in the wind and the way of the will of God positions us to receive the blessing of that wind because Jesus said very plainly, even at one time, he says, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And so we celebrate and we honor those who live their lives in service. And when I, like I mentioned at the beginning, when I get to this time of year, uh, and I know you're doing a Christmas banquet here in a few weeks, get your tickets as you leave, all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I feel it's part of not only an evangelistic expression for the church, but it's really a part of just honoring everybody that's served over the year and the course of the year, and it's just a wonderful night. I am so overwhelmed then to think of those many people whose names maybe will never be known to every, everyone, names are, that are not in the lights, but who serve week after week faithfully without fanfare. So we might be the kind of house or the type of house that God has called us to be. So I want to honor each of them this morning with this word, probably especially for them. There is a call of God on every single life, every one of you, and it's a call to serve. Let me repeat that. There is a call of God on every one of our lives, every one of us, and it is a call to serve. To be in the circle of life, the circle of blessing, you're in that circle, and God's call on your life, regardless of your auxiliary ministry or other affiliation, there is a call upon every man and woman, every woman in this house, not to be served, but to serve. There's a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want you to turn to it, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that sets the platform for our attention today. We are called to serve. 
Can I repeat that to you? We are called to serve. There is a call on your life to be a man or a woman of God who serves. There is no exemption in your salvation contract that exempts you or I from service. So the Bible speaks of this service as a gift. And I want to unpack that a bit with you this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, looking over at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and picking us up here at verse 12. It should be up on the board, and I'm reading out of the NIV, which I normally don't do, but I'm reading it out of there this morning. It says this, starting at verse, nine, uh, verse 12, excuse me. This service that you are performing is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also this service, also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Many expressions of thanks to God. Don't miss that. This service overflows or produces thanks to God. And the next verse says this, because of that service by which you have proved yourselves, now watch, others will praise God for the obedience that, he, that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generos generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Now, stop right there. Please understand what he's saying here, Paul is. Listen, that service that you and I provide as, as men and women in the kingdom produces thanksgiving. That's what we're going to celebrate in a few days anyhow. It produces praise. It produces giving glory to God. There's a call on your life to serve, and that service, no matter where you serve, no matter uh, to what degree you serve or whatever, will bless others, but that service will also produce praise, thanksgiving, and glory to God. Now, if you got that, you got the whole message. God has called us to serve. And this service is manifest in the life of those whom we serve. In other words, we bless others. But it does not stop there. For this service that touches the lives of others will also produce praise thanksgiving, and glory to God. It's almost like a big circle, a big cycle. And so this circle has to do with verse 14 then which says, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you, watch, because of the surpassing grace, say grace, grace, grace God has given you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Grace, thanks, and gift. Now here we go. So this service sets up a kind of cycle and a kind of circle. And we are to live in this circle or this cycle of life, this circle of blessing. It begins with the glory of God, with the grace of God, with the glory of God himself. And the glory of God is manifest by his grace, his grace to every one of us. And that grace is revealed into the lives of others that you and I serve. 
We're not only a recipient of that grace, but it reveals itself into the lives of others. Jim Woodson, good to see you here this morning. Man, I'm glad to see you. One more time. God gives us grace, and this grace is a gifting, and that gifting is used to bless others. Come on, how many were blessed by the choir this morning? It's used to bless others. And when we bless others with that which God has given us, listen, it produces praise and gives glory back to God. That's how that works. One more time. I don't think you got it. The glory of God is manifest in our lives through his grace. And this grace of God gives us the blessing of giving to others. That's good. Woo! And when others have been blessed by that grace that God has given us, they will then in turn turn around and give God the glory. Yes. Wow. So it begins and ends with the glory of God. The glory of God manifests by, uh, manifests by his grace to us. His grace to us is manifest by gifts in our lives. Those gifts are manifested into the lives of others by our service. And the lives of others will turn around and give God the glory. Amen. That constant circle. It's the kind of circle, kind of cycle, the Bible says this grace of God. This, the, 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 that means literally and foremost, the favor of God. But it is a favor of God bestowed upon those who have not earned it. Come on, that's the old classic Sunday school. Come on, the definition of grace, God's unmerited favor. So grace of God is only released to those that don't deserve it. <laughs> so those of you in the room here this morning that got it all together, day and night and never make a mistake in life, I do not have a word for you today. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm talking this morning to those of us who know what it is to miss the mark, come on, fall down, fall short, blow it on occasion, get jacked up and messed up sometimes in life. Come on, amen? Yeah. You then are a candidate for the grace of God upon your life. So then every person in here, we are walking under and walking in, oh here it is, the favor of the Lord is on me. Every person in here is a demonstration of the favor of God. It is not because you have been this and all of that and everything else. It's because of the favor of God while you're here. Yes. It's not because of your affiliation. It's not because of the number of degrees behind your name. It's not because of what you have achieved up to now in this life or how successful you have been. But it is because of God's favor upon your life that you are anything. The grace of God is God's favor on your life that you did not earn. But secondly, in this same context, the grace also symbolizes God's gift to you. God's gift. 
So to walk under the favor of God is to know that God has gifted you, God has blessed you, the blessing of God, so the favor of God is the blessing of God on our lives. And as well, everyone in here this morning is a recipient of the blessings of God and the gift of God. Now, the greatest gift of all is obviously the gift of Jesus the Christ. Yes. Come on, amen? That's what we're celebrating here in a month. But just like with grace, there are two dimensions with the gift of God. Number one, there is the giving of the gift. Come on. And then secondly, there is the reception or the receiving of the gift. Come on, there's two parts to a gift. One more time. A gift is that which is given, but it is also that which is received. Yeah, you're getting it. Now, how do we know that? The Bible says that God so loved the world that he what? He gave. But the Bible also says that even though he gave, watch, watch. Bible is very clear about this. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And so a gift must be given, but a gift must also be received. Come on, amen. Somebody stand up in front of you and serve you with their gift. It's given. It's got to be given. But it's also got to be received. Come on, amen. You're doing it. When I'm preaching, you're going amen. Hallelujah, preach it, brother. Whatever. You're receiving it. You understand? When the choir's up here singing, you're, they're giving the gift of their talent, but you're receiving it and, be, and God's getting the glory. Do you understand what's going on? So a gift has to be given, but it also must be received. We're going into the holiday season. And many of you <laughs> will be given, I thought about this, will be given, giving gifts. Many of you, I'm hoping me on this end, will be receiving gifts. <laughs> many of you will give gifts and receive gifts from people you don't even like. <laughs> Come on. You will spend money that you don't have, you know it, to impress people that you don't even like. Interesting that they call it Black Friday coming up this week. Because Black Friday leaves you in the red. But the idea of a gift is two-dimensional. It's the giving of the gift and it's the receiving of the gift. So that the greatest gift of all was the gift of Jesus Christ. And yet some received him and some didn't. And even here, maybe this morning, some have received him. I'm hoping many. But maybe some in this room this morning have not yet. The Bible says he came into his own. And his own did not receive him. By the way, let me just tell you, I know how this service is going to end. Because by the time we're done this morning, before you leave this place, you're going to be given the opportunity to receive the gift of Jesus Christ. God will move upon your heart to receive that gift that he sent you specifically. And you can receive him this morning as your Lord and Savior. A gift has to be given and it has to be received. And many of us during the holidays... 
you will even double gift. <laughs> Someone will give you a gift that you don't particularly care for, and you'll just go ahead and pass that on to somebody else. <laughs> Second generation gifts. <laughs> but the gift of Christ has to be received. Come on, amen. Now, now listen to me. This gift of God, this gift of God is two things. It is God, and you need to get this, giving you the desire, and then God giving you the opportunity. Let me say it again. In terms of service, what we're talking about, the gift of God is God giving you the desire to serve, but the second portion is just as important. Then God goes along and gives you the opportunity to serve. Let me say it again. This gift of God is the desire that God places upon in your heart. Your talent. Your gifting. In fact, the Bible says that everyone. By the way, you may not know this. The Bible says absolutely everyone has some spiritual gift. There is some gift that God has given you that is not just for you, dear one. There is some ability that God has given you that is not just for you. There is some talent that God has given you that is not just for you. But it is you, for, for you to be expressed into the life of someone else, you see. And so God has given you a talent. God has given you a gift. God has given you an ability, per se. God has given you an expression. And then when he gives that to you, he also gives you the second part, and that's the opportunity yes. to express and use that gift and be a blessing to others. One more time. God gives you the desire, and then he gives you the opportunity. Yes. Now watch this, and here's the key. The Bible says that this service, it's going to shake you a little bit, so hang on a little, is done much, many times in great conflict. One version even calls it this, the trial of conflict. Now stay with me, it's going to make sense in a moment. It's so dry. I'm not used to the dryness. I see you're coughing too. Do you need some water? No, I need to move to Florida. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now think about this. God gives you a blessing. God gives you a gift. God gives you an opportunity. But listen to what the word's saying. He gives it to you while you're in the midst of affliction. Amen. Try that again. God gives you an opportunity to be blessed and to bless, but he does it while you're going through something. The usability of God is not just relegated to the sunshine moments. God does not wait until all things are going well in your life to use you. The Bible says that God releases this gift to you oftentimes in trial and affliction. Now stay with me, I'm going somewhere. He releases this blessing upon you 
when you're in the midst of something. Now those of you who have never had a care in the world, I'm not talking to you today. But if you know what it is like to be in the middle of a trial or a problem or a challenge and all the while wondering how you're going to get out of that thing, the Bible says God does not wait until you get out of that, but he deposits something in your life that you can use now while you're going even through great affliction. Mm -mm. So that God says... In the midst of trial and affliction, watch, he blesses you. Yes, yes. Oh. Now there's a new thought. Oh, you ain't got that yet anyhow. The word for trial means literally that which proves the content. That which proves the content. Let, let me give it to you again. The word for trial, trial means something that proves the content of something. A trial is something, watch, that brings out what's inside. Let me try it another way. A trial is something that brings out the best in you. <laughs> and there's a dynamic, a dynamic of who you are that will only come out when you go through something. Oh boy, got quiet now. God help me, Lord. I don't think you quite have that. A trial is designed to show the world the real you. That's why you can never allow the devil to hold your head down when you've been through something. Because the truth is when you come out of it with your head up, you're already demonstrating the power of God to bring you through whatever you've gone through. Come on. I'm trying to help somebody here today. Listen. There is a dimension of the character of God a dimension of the nature of God that you will only know on a need-to-know basis. There is a dynamic of the character of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the dynamic of God that you will only know when you need to know it. That's why. I can almost guarantee there's somebody in your row right now who have been through some stuff you've never been through. Which means they know that God can pull them through stuff and you can't figure that out because you've never been through it. Yep. 
But when you tell them what God has brought you through, and I tell you what God has brought me through, now you've got two dimensions at least, what he did for you and what he did for me. And when it comes my turn to go through something, if I know he did it for you, I at least have the proof that he did it once and he can do it again. Anyone in here have a testimony? Because you go through something, watch, watch, to bring out the best in you. Some of you, if you told the truth about it, you went through some hell. But you're a better person for it. Come on. If you had chosen it, you wouldn't choose it again. But if you look back on it honestly, you came out stronger, you came out trusting, you came out with more faith, you came out with bigger vision, you came out with more vitality, you came out with a stronger testimony and a stronger faith walk. Now, you would never choose that again, but since you went through it, you ought to at least tell somebody, if it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have made that thing. Next time you sit down at your kitchen table, have a conversation with that little packet of herbal tea that you're getting ready to have. How many know the best in that tea bag does not come out in lukewarm water? Doesn't come out in cool water. If you want the best of that herbal tea to come out, you got to soak that thing in some hot, hot water. Come on. Any hot water testimonies in this room this morning? When God brought you through some stuff you thought you couldn't handle, by the time you came out, you were stronger. That's true. You had better faith. You were stronger because God said, I'm going to put you, Jerry, through something that the best that is in you will never come out until I bring you through it and put you through yes. it. Yes. That's your testimony today. That's your reasonable service today. You've been through something. But you don't look like what you've been through. Why? Well, because the hand of God reached in there and brought you out of that hot spot and put you on display to tell the world that it had, if it had not been for God on your side, you would never ever be the man or woman you currently are. That's why you've got to learn. You and I have to learn how to praise God for what he's brought us through. Come on, amen. Now, if you've never been through anything, I'm not talking to you today. But if you've been through something, you ought to have a praise in you because you came out better than when you went in. That's why you've got, and I've got to learn to practice our thanksgiving, practice our praise. You've got to learn how to walk upright before you come out. You've got to learn how to 
Be able to throw your head back when you're going through hell. Learn how to practice how you're going to praise God when you get what God is after and get what God has promised to you. And when you learn how to praise him now with thanksgiving, you are then embracing the best that is yet to come. Listen to me. There's an anointing for your affliction. God gives you revelation in your tribulation. God speaks to you in the midst of the storm. That's why you've got to learn how to keep looking for him because he's in that storm. He's in there. Yes. I know how bad it looks, but he's in there. I know how dark it looks, but he's in there. I know you cry sometimes, but he's in there. Yes, yes. He's in there to bring you through it and to bring you out of it. Because the best in you will come out when you come out. He says you've gone through affliction. Now the word affliction, that's a real hoot. <laughs> that means to crush. That means to squeeze. God, watch, blesses you with grace while you're in something that could crush you. God says he bestows grace into your life while you're in the middle of great affliction. What does that mean? That means you're going through something that seems like it's crushing you. It's when life puts the squeeze on you. You know what I'm talking about. And you can't always see your way out of it. And you realize that whatever you're going through has the ability to take you out. Anybody in here ever go through something and you wondered if you come out of it? You knew when you sat down with pen and paper and got the, you were doing the arithmetic and adding and carrying that and blah, 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 and you come out and there's not enough there. Wonder if I'm going to get out of this thing. Which means the enemy threw a party <laughs> celebrating your defeat. But he started the party a little bit early because before it was all over, all curtains down for you, it looks like. God stepped in because it should have crushed you. It should have taken you out. And some folks have even counted you out. Some folks want to, have you ever saw, found that to be true? Want to, want to see you out. They're already gathered around figuring out how to split up the spoils. But when God decides to bless you and grace you and gift you, he will call, <laughs> I love this about God, he will call for a guest list and he will invite the folk to come and take a seat and he'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemies and he'll say, come on, here it is, come on, watch. You thought he was out, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. Can I help you to understand when God gets ready to bless you and grace you and gift you, no devil in all hell can stop your blessing. And God will let folks see you get blessed. I just love that. And they can't stop it. Because when that wind from God blows... Do you realize it has everything you have need of? Everything.
everything. That's good. Amen. God says, I've got a blessing for you even in the midst of affliction. This is why service is what we are called to. If you're not in service, can I encourage you, you need to find something to do and somewhere to go where you can begin to serve. Come on, amen? There's plenty of places around this place. If it's God, if it's a God idea, it will also bless beyond you. If it's a God idea, it will always go to the next generation and bless somebody else. It's never designed to bless you anyhow. You're just a pass-through kind of thing. Now, Now let me tell you what God will always do. In the midst of your affliction, he will always send somebody to walk with you. You will not walk alone in that pain or affliction, not when you're in service to God. He'll send someone to you in the middle of the struggle. He'll send someone to walk with you in the rain, through the storm. He'll send someone to stand with you in the middle of that storm. Because God says he will make you a channel, a channel of blessing, so that you will always be blessing beyond yourself. Even in the middle of pain and affliction, you're always going to be blessing even beyond yourself. In Israel, I don't know if you know this, but there are two large bodies of water that describe the nation of Israel. There's a body of water called the Sea of Galilee, and there's a body of water called the Dead Sea. Two bodies of water. One in the north called the Sea of Galilee, one in the south called the Dead Sea. And they both are significantly different in nature. Because the Sea of Galilee in the north receives water from the mountains. That water flows from the mountains into the Sea of Galilee. And that water flows across that sea for some 30 miles from north to south. And at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee you have a Uh, an area that comes close then called the Jordan River. And that Jordan River then flows and that takes that water, flows that water southward 127 miles and pours it into the Dead Sea. Mm, You're not getting this. The water started at the top in the mountains and it emptied into the Sea of Galilee And then it traveled some 30 miles across the sea and poured out at the bottom and poured into the Jordan River. Yeah, you still don't have this. It would receive water on one end and release water on the other end. Yeah, he's starting to get some lights on in here. The blessing of the Sea of Galilee was that it would receive water and pass that water on. But on the other hand, there was the Dead Sea. Now the Dead Sea was just an inlet. You missed that too. 
The Dead Sea was an inlet. It only receives water from the Jordan River. It has no outlet. So the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea for two reasons. Number one, because nothing can live in it. But secondly, it's called the Dead Sea because it has no outlet. Nothing can live in it. Nothing can flow from it. So you have a choice here today. You are either a Galilee person or you're a Dead Sea person. Yeah, we're coming home now. <laughs> the Galilee always passes on the blessing that comes through its life. The Dead Sea, on the other hand, receives all that it possibly can from the Jordan, all that it can get, but because it doesn't flow through, it's dead. Some of you have been in the Dead Sea, have been in situations where there seemed to be no way out felt like our lives were against the wall. Well, I got news for you. The Bible says, I love it, that there is something about the anointing of God. The, the anointing of God, think of it this way, is like the dew that starts on top of that mountain up there north of Galilee and flows down into the Sea of Galilee and flows up. 127 miles through the valley of the Jordan River and pours into the Dead Sea. Some of us have felt like our lives were like that at times. Some of us have been high on the mountain and then ended up in the Dead Sea. Some of us have been high on the hog and others of us have been in the hog pen. Come on. Because we've seen God take our lives and allow the enemy to come against us with storms that seem like they're going to take us out. Seem like they're going to crush us. But watch this now. Uh, listen, there are some testimonies in this room of, of when you've been down to the Dead Sea. Well, pastor, what's the significance of that? Do, do you realize that the Dead Sea is the lowest point on this earth? Oh, you, you all ain't got that either. It is, it is as low as you can go. Anybody here ever felt like you've been as low as you can go? Come on. There's something about the water in the Dead Sea. Do you realize in the Dead Sea the salt density of the water in the the Dead Sea, the, den the deadness is so, so thick, you can't drown in the deadness. No, oh, you ain't got that either. There's something about the power of God in your life and in my life when it looks like life has crushed you and has taken you to a place, listen to what I'm talking place of deadness, when you have no way out, when you can see no way through, and it seems like you're at the very end, I am here to tell you today there is something about the anointing of God.
the anointing for your affliction that will still hold you up. You cannot go down. You cannot drown. There are some folks in this room today that you have the testimony that others thought you were out for the count. But you're still here praising him because your testimony is we are down but we're not out. We are down but we're not going to drown. I dare you to praise God before your breakthrough. Come on. I dare you to praise God before you come through what you're going through. I dare you to put those th hands together and offer some praise until you feel like you're going to actually come through this thing. Come on, amen. Anybody have enough faith to praise God until you feel like it? In fact, you know what the Bible says? We're, we're to be cheerful servants. That's what the Bible says. We should be cheerful, joyful servants. We should have a cheerfulness about us, a joy about us. Joy not about the happenings, no. But joy about what's happening in your spirit. Joy, it, it means joy, the joy that is going on in the inside. It means you've got to have faith to hold on. Listen, if I I sometimes think of it this way. If I can just get a little crack in the door. If I can just find a way in. You're a servant and you are called to be a servant of the Most High God. He will not let you drown. Do you hear what I'm telling you? He will not let you go down. I think we've got to learn, particularly at this time of year, how to praise God even in the middle of the pain and the affliction. Come on, amen. He wants something to come out of his people that says in spite of what's going on in spite of what I see and feel in spite of what I hear about of a report in spite of this in spite of that circumstance I will not fail in this thing I am a servant of the most high God I will continue to serve and as I serve it will bless others and I'm giving glory to God and those will give glory to God as well oh man I don't know about you but you sang it this morning he's the way maker Come on, amen. He's the miracle. What's the words? He's the miracle worker. Put those up so I know him. I just, we don't sing that at my church. <laughs> Where I go. That's good. He's a promise keeper. Come on. He's light in the darkness. Is everybody leaving on me? or are, Oh, they're all coming up here. I say, okay. Come on. We got to sing this till we mean it. How does that next little part go? My God, that is who you are. And then there's another part. Put the next part up. Even when you're working. Oh, let me see some words or something. Even when I don't see it, you're, you're working. working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Oh, my God. There it is. Here it is. Listen to this. My God. You are here touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here healing every heart. I worship you. you here, you're here turning lives around. You're here mending every heart. That is who you are. That is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Come on, amen. Come on. I dare you to stand up with me and let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Come on.